0: We have spent the last two months learning how to love like Jesus. Learning how to love our neighbors as ourselves. But that is not the greatest commandment, you know. The greatest commandment is that we love God with our whole beings. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all of your strength. And so today we're going to be talking about loving God. So do you love God? Do you love Him? So, so in First John it told us that if we love God we will keep His commandments, but, but I can honestly tell you that uh, I was... So just keeping love Him. This is Advent time. In 1 John is the verse, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So we love God not because just we say, oh, well, I'm going to love God. We love God because we have seen his love and grace poured out upon us. We have been transformed. We have been overwhelmed at the generosity, the faithfulness, the extravagance of his love for us. During this month, we're going we will continue to talk about loving our neighbors. We're going to be talking about how to share our faith with, our, with the people we encounter this month because there are an awful lot of people who don't realize that this is about the love of God, that all of this Christmas celebration is what it truly is, is a celebration of the fact that the almighty creator of the world became God with us, came to us to live with us you know that but every day you encounter people who have no idea I saw something this this week that said that a study that said that Rochester is the eighth most secular city in America I'm not sure we really want to be up in the top on that ranking. What does that mean? It means people don't have a clue what's going on. That's what it means. They don't know what, what the celebration is all about. I watched The Christmas Story, some people's favorite movie this week, and I thought, oh, this is just pitiful and sad. There is more to life than a BB gun and Santa and gifts, but a lot of, for a lot of people, that's all this is. So, So, we're going to start today in this process by just reminding ourselves that this is all about loving God who has so lavishly chosen to love us, whose lives were broken and and a mess because of sin. And so, we're going to be reading this month from the book of Isaiah. Isaiah was a prophet who wrote many of the prophecies about the coming of the Savior, that he would be called Emmanuel, God with us. That's from the prophet Isaiah. We're going to be reading from the second half of the prophet Isaiah this month. And uh, Isaiah, looking ahead, had told people, God is going to bring judgment, he's going to destroy the nation because you refuse to repent of your sins. The last half of the book is written for for the people living down the road. These people who say, yes, our homes were destroyed. There was a great war. We were all captured. We became prisoners of war. Our lives uh, 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 have been completely upended. Now we're living in a foreign land as refugees. Most of us are slaves, and we don't like our lives. In fact, we're not too sure there is a God who supposedly loves us. I was talking to somebody at one of my family gatherings this week. They said, Oh, all that Jesus stuff is just a bunch of rubbish. He never did anything for me. Well, this was somebody I knew. So I began talking with him. And I began to start listing for him all of the things I knew about that Jesus had done in his life. You see, we face hard things. Sometimes we have to face things we don't want to face at all. And we let that become the focus of all of our thinking, and we get discouraged, and we get angry, and we get bitter, But this weekend has been Thanksgiving. It's supposedly been about us remembering all of the good things that God has done in our life. The many, many, many good gifts. Oh, I doubt there's anybody here who would say everything in my life is the way I would have planned it for me. But every one of us who are here have received Vast amounts of blessings and good gifts from God. And so, you can choose what to be mindful about. Remember, that's one of the things we learned about love, being mindful. You can decide to let your mind be full of everything you don't like. Or you can decide to let your mind be full of all of the good things that God has done. You. So I began to list those things. And, and that is, is a bit of what happens in the scripture we're going to read today Isaiah chapter 40. Now it's long. I realize it's long. Some of you say, I don't like to hear somebody read to me a, a long amount of time. Well, I'm sorry. It's what we're going to do today. <clears throat> if you want to follow along with us, you can get, I hope you will, in your Bibles, or else get a Bible back at the back and turn to Isaiah chapter 40. Remember, he's talking to people he knows they're going to be discouraged to remind them of the faithfulness of God. And he paints a number of pictures here, pictures. So as you hear the words, think of the pictures. He's trying to paint pictures with words for us. And he starts off with words. The first section are words that are quoted in the New Testament, in the Gospels, to describe John the Baptist, who is the one announcing God has kept His promise. God has come. God is with us. The kingdom of heaven has arrived. He's the one who introduced Jesus to the people. And the Word of God says, comfort, Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level. <clears throat> the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And all people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? So here is the response. All people are like grass and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and flowers fall. You who bring good news and Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power, and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him, and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close To his heart. He gently leads those who have young. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, or with the breadth of his hand marked off the heavens? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket, or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in a balance? Who can fathom the Spirit of the Lord or instruct the Lord as His counselor? Whom did the Lord consult to enlighten Him? And who taught Him the right way? Who was it that taught Him knowledge or showed Him the path of understanding? Surely the nations are like a drop in a bucket. They are regarded as dust on the scales. He weighs the islands as though they were fine dust. Lebanon is not sufficient for altar fires, nor its animals enough for burnt offerings. Before him all the nations are nothing. They are regarded by him as worthless and less than nothing. With whom then will you compare God? To what image will you liken him? As for an idol, a metal worker casts it, and a goldsmith overlays it with gold and fashions silver chains for it. A person too poor to present such an offering selects wood that will not rot. They look for a skilled worker to set up an idol that will not topple. Do you not know Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth, and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught and reduces the rulers of the earth to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground. than he blows on them, and they wither. And a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. So, why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, my cause is disregarded by my God? Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary. And his understanding, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So regardless of what it is you're facing, Isaiah says, trust in him, hope in him. So we're talking about loving God today. So how do we love Him? One of the ways we love Him is we gather together as the people of God and we offer worship to Him. Worship is something that we give. It's something we all together perform Worship services are not pastors and musicians and worship teams putting on a program for us. There, you are not the audience in a worship service. If you were the focus of the worship service, then we'd be worshiping you. And you're not the one we're worshiping when we gather together. There is an audience. An audience. There is only one who is the audience. That is God. When I was in college, this was a long time ago, we thought we were all really cool and sharp and wonderful and everything. And at the school that I went to, All the freshman guys were a part of something called the bleacher bums and we would all sit together at the ball games we uh, we all dressed alike at the at the ball games there was a uniform it was not anything you went out and spent a lot of money on it was just an old denim shirt and uh, and jeans but we all dressed exactly the same and there were people down on the floor in front of us who were leading us all, and, and they were not the ones that were doing the work. We were all joining in to cheer on our team, root for our team, and get all excited. We made lots and lots of noise, or at least we tried to do that. And that's really kind of the way the worship team functions up here. They're not singing to you. Did you think they were? They're not singing to you. They're singing to God. And they are facing you because they are trying to lead you and help you to be able to sing and worship and experience the presence and the power of God while you are here. And to, to, they are trying to empower you to give to God your full worship and adoration during the service. In ancient times, often churches would would put uh, some kind of picture of Jesus, the Son of God, at the front of the worship center so that, that you would never forget what was going on, that it wasn't about you, and it wasn't about any of the pastors or any of the singers. It's all about Him, and He is the focus of everything that we do when we come here. So I want to just quickly run through, what do we churches do? We have a call to worship, has come and gone. But what's the call of worship? We read scripture that reminds us of why we have gathered, that makes us mindful. And we pray to God, declaring our purpose. The reason we're here is we've come to worship. And from time to time, you've heard Tyler talk about we're gathering uh, with all the angels and saints. The angels and saints... Are worshiping God, and it's like we come in at the back. We, we, we can't spend all of our time here worshiping God because we've got to work, we've got to eat, we've got to do a few other things, but we come in and join with their worship, and we kind of stand around the back of the crowd, and then we go back out when it is time for us to do that. But the fo- focus of everything is Jesus, and our Heavenly Father. So the call to worship reminds us of that. During the worship, we have a lot of prayer. You may say, well, we didn't pray too much today. Oh, yes, we did. There's a number of ways that we pray. Prayer is talking to God and listening to God, which includes singing to God, singing to Him. That's, that's a prayer. We're praying when we're singing. We don't have music just because some of you really like music a lot. We're singing our prayers to God. We're singing praises to whoever would listen. How wonderful He is. We're offering our thanks to Him. We're declaring His faithfulness. It's a prayer. When we read Scripture together, the Spirit of God is speaking to us. We're listening to Him. We want to hear what does He have to say to us right now. And I know how it is. Sometimes the Scripture starts being read and say, oh, I've read that one before, and we kind of zone out and start thinking of something else. Don't do that. Have you not noticed that when you read the Word of God, you, He speaks to you in different ways. You, you notice different things that are there when you read it at different times. So don't ever say, oh, I've heard that one, so I'll think about something else while we're going on through this. And then we hear a sermon, I hope that you don't hear me, but that as we share in the sermons, whether it's me or one of the other pastors who are preaching, I hope that you hear the Spirit of God speaking to you about your life, and about His love for you, and about His will for you, what He wants to happen in your life. So, there's a lot of time spent praying in our worship service. We have a greeting. A greeting. Did you know this is supposed to be a part of worship? What is it? It's just a short symbolic time of being the community of God. It's not like, oh, well, you know, I've got to go and tell this person about something. Oh, and I forgot, I have a message for him. This is a time where we greet and recognize that we who, what on earth are all of us? Just look around. What are all of us doing here in this same place? What is it that got us here? Out of all of our lives and all the different places we've come from and all the things that have happened in our lives through however long it is we have lived, isn't it an odd thing in a way? It's actually a remarkable thing that Jesus Christ has given us new life that we've been taken out of all of the brokenness of our lives, the broken relationships we had, and he brought us into his family and made us a family, and so it's not odd anymore that we're together. We're family, brothers and sisters, the family of God. And so the reason we have greeting is... For us to be reminded, we who were once strangers and had no reason to even know each other, we're now brothers and sisters, the community of the kingdom of heaven. So that's what greeting is about. The offering. You give gifts. Some of you spent a lot of time on Friday buying gifts for people you love. The offering. We're giving gifts to the one we love the most. That's what it is. All we have comes from God. Everything we have that is good comes from God. In gratitude, we give back to him by giving to his church, the community, so that through the community, the brokenness in the world will be helped. Now, God has made it very clear that he's extremely lavish and, and generous with us, and he expects us to be very generous in our giving as well. We mentioned tithes from, from time to time. Tithe, the Bible says, is 10% of our income. He expects us to be generous, as he is generous, not afraid, not saying, well, you know, there may not be enough if, I do, if I'm generous All good gifts come from Him. You're not, remember, Emily told us, you're not a pot that God pours some stuff in and says, make that last. You're a riverbed with His love and provision flowing through you all the time. Do you think He's going to stop? He's not going to stop. And so we are generous. This is what Jesus said about it. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For the measure that you use, it will be measured to you. So if you use a tablespoon to measure out what you're going to give, that's what God will use in giving to you. If you use a dump truck loaded to as much as it can be loaded to give, that's what God will use as He pours out blessings upon you. If you don't believe that, you can just talk to some of the people here before you leave today. Find some people that are generous givers, and you ask them if that is not true, if that's not the way God works. That's the way God is. God is Generous. Don't be tight with your giving, with the extravagance that we receive from God all the time. Let's have generous open hearts. That's a part of our worship. And then the last thing, well, no, it's not the last. There are two more things. But, but this one I want us to talk about because someone just told me not too long ago, I think we have Holy Communion too, too many times. that no, we're not sharing in Holy Communion today. We share in Holy Communion here every other week. He he said, I think we're we're having communion too frequently because I watch and I don't think people are paying any attention. I think it's just a routine. They go up there, they get something to eat and drink, and they go back and they're not thinking about what's going on at all. Now, I don't know whether he's correct or he's incorrect in that assessment. But but I want you to know that by reading the New Testament, it appears that almost all of the New Testament churches shared in Holy Communion every week. And it's quite clear that some of them shared in it more frequently than every week. Why? What is holy communion? Holy communion is a physical reminder to us all. He gives him just as that part of who we are and enters us, so we are filled with his spirit. Not because we're so perfect, but because he's so loving. Because he's so generous. That, that we are given new life. That he lives in us. He's God with us. Now, I don't know, how often do you need to be reminded that God is with you? Once a year? Every three months? Once a month? I need to be reminded all the time. So yes, we can receive Holy Communion and not be mindful. The person was correct. We can do that. So every time you receive Holy Communion, be mindful. Remember, God is with me. He loves me. He is lavishly generous to me. So whatever this challenge, remember these people were prisoners of war, slaves who were reading this whatever is facing you God is good and God is faithful and whatever is causing you the oppression, remember it's like grass oh you think it's unbearably long but you're not at the end of the story yet when you get down to the end of your life and you look back, you will see the hand of God and how He delivered you time and again. He is faithful. So remember God. Remember the pictures, all the pictures here of who God is. Remember, God is with you and loves you. Well, the last thing that is, is in our services is the benediction. Benediction means the blessing. The blessing so we ask for the blessing of god upon us all the blessing to be not jugs that got our our little jug filled up when we went to church today but instead that we go from this place and we be riverbeds pastor emily said that to us that we be riverbeds through whom the uh, the spirit of God, the love of God, the generosity, the peace of God flows into our world. The person who told me that Jesus is rubbish is not the only person that says things like that, or if they don't say it, believe stuff like that. Remember, we're in one of the most secular cities, which means the least mindful of God cities in America. You're surrounded with people every day who don't know the love of God. So we ask for God's blessing so that we don't go out there and be mindless about the realities but so that as we go out, we be riverbeds through whom the love of God pours out, transforming people's lives, bringing the hope of the kingdom of heaven. So let us pray and ask for God's blessing. Heavenly Father, we came here today to worship you. We have worshipped you. We have declared to you our love. We have given thanks to you. We have praised you for your goodness to us. We have listened for your, your voice to us, to speak to us. And we tell you, we do love you with our whole heart, soul, and strength. So we ask for your blessing upon us. That we would be mindful. This is a busy month, God. There is so much that that we expect of ourselves and that others expect of us during this month that it's easy for us to just be stressed and forget that this is all about you loving us so much you came to live with us and rescue us. So we ask, make us riverbeds. As we go out into our city, where people have no idea of your peace and joy, and your healing for what is broken, would you gush through our lives? And may the love of your kingdom spread out from us through people's lives, May they come from the darkness into the light of your love, we pray. In the name of Jesus, our Savior, amen.